And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here on this Monday. Casey Justclair here with Coach Brian Collie. We hope everybody is enjoying their day. I'm going to ask you guys to pause for one second while I make a headset change because these are not working at all. Well, while we have a little pause, got something for you, Casey. Yeah, I'm sure you do. No, I don't. Ha! See, that's what happens when you try to play tricks on the host. I do have a pair of headphones that actually work now. Wow. I think I might even know why it's not working, but I'm going to just not tell you because I see the what you're trying to. Yeah, it ain't either of them, bub. A little down the line. The one that says computer. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Let me have it, it. It helps when you get the right one. Let me have it. Yeah. I deserve that. But then again, do I really deserve that? I picked Alabama, didn't I? Yeah, you did. I did not. We'll be talking about that a little bit later on. Um, there are some things that we have to discuss. There are some things high school-wise that we have to discuss. We've got two playoff-bound head coaches joining us. Jesse Turner in the next segment, Jamar Celestine in the segment after that. Um, Jesse with CCA, Jamar with Homer Christian. A little later in the week, we're going to get B.J. Young. We're going to get Tommy Minton. We're going to get Kyla Sang. We're going to try to get as many of our playoff-bound coaches as we can because we have several teams that are in the playoffs. In Division One non-select, Terrebonne is the number 17 seed. They're going to be traveling to take on Westgate on Friday. A uh, little bit of a rough draw for Terrebonne. Terrebonne was thinking they were going to be at home. They were thinking they were going to be playing um, on their home field. And instead, they're going to be facing a defending state champion. So that'll be really tough. Um, but an opportunity for Tyler and his team nonetheless. Thibodeau is the number 20 seed in Division One non-select. They will be traveling to take on number 13 Southside. Kudos to Thibodeau making the postseason. Destrehan haven't lost a game since... Moses was playing. They're the number three seed. They're undefeated. They're going to the playoffs with an opening round bye. South Lafouche is in. All sorts of drama about, oh, you, are you going to be in or are you going to be out? Do you have to beat Vanderbilt? Do you not have to beat Vanderbilt? Lo and behold, you don't even play Vanderbilt because of crazy things that happened at the stadium. The Tarpons get in. They're the 26th seed. They're taking on number seven, Dutchtown. East St. John is the number 15 seed in that bracket. They're going to be taking on number 18, Central Baton Rouge at home. East St. John will be at home. In Division II non-select, we've got some playoff-bound teams who are going to be hungry to maybe win some state championships. Assumption's the number three seed. They're going to get an opening round bye. They'll take on the winner between number 14, Eunice, and number 19, Brobridge. Awesome job by Will Broussard and his team. Also, an awesome job by the defending state champions, Lutcher. They're the number four overall seed. They've got an opening round bye. They'll take on the winner between number 13, Abbeville, and number 20, Pearl River. So two local teams there who have opening round byes. We consider Cecilia an adopted local team because we're buddy-buddy with their head coach, Dennis Gaines, former Tarpon coach. They're the number two seed in that bracket, earning an opening round bye. They'll face the winner between number 15, Iota, and number 18, Church Point. In Division Three, non-select, we have some local teams that are in the field. Donaldsonville is in our local district in 3A. They're the 25 seed. They'll take on number eight, Amit. Uh, Patterson, the Lumberjacks, are the number 19 seed. They'll travel and take on number 14, Art Webster. 
The winner of that game will take on another local team, St. James, the number three seed in that bracket. They've earned an opening round bye after a wonderful regular season, as always, for St. James. Now we go to Division II Select. We have two local teams in, one with a bye, one at home in the opening round. E.D. White is the team with the bye, 10-0 regular season. They beat St. James on Friday. They earned the number two seed. For their efforts, they're going to probably have to play De La Salle in their opening playoff game, which is going to be just brutal. E.D. White is the number two seed. They'll face the winner between 15 De La Salle and number 18 Buckeye. Vanderbilt is at home in the opening round. i got to tell you, Vanderbilt has a pretty favorable draw. They're the number 13 seed. They're taking on number 20, Frederick Douglass. You'll be heavily favored there. Then you're facing John F. Kennedy in the next round if you win. That's the number four seed. Looking at the matchups, look, Kennedy's a really strong opponent, but I, I don't know. I just think it's set up for Vanderbilt to maybe make a little bit of a push. Um, Division three select, Homa Christian School narrowly misses out on being a host. They're the 18 seed. They'll take on number 15, Holy Savior Menard, on Friday. We'll have Jamar Celestine on later in the show to tell us about his team's chances. The winner of that game takes on Calvary Baptist. And last but not least, Division Four select. We've got Central Catholic of Morgan City, who is in. They are the number 10 seed. They're hosting Hamilton Christian in the opening round. And we've also got CCA, who's in the number 20 seed. They're going to be taking on number 13, Delta Charter. And we'd be remiss if we didn't mention, and I don't know if they're in this bracket, I think. that Yeah, here we go. Um, our guy, Cullen Mathern, man, Opelousas Catholic. They're number eight seed. They are in an opening round by in Division Four Select. We're going to try to have Cullen on this week. Uh, local guy, leaves CCA, goes to Opelousas Catholic. They win the district championship, have a wonderful season. They beat St. Edmund, who we saw earlier in the year, 56-12. to Yeah, put a whooping on them. Um, that's tough to do, so we'll try to get Cullen on. Uh, but congratulations to all of our playoff teams. Uh, we wish them all the best of luck. We'll be breaking down a lot of those matchups and stuff individually throughout the course of the week. But the high school stuff is like a hot potato right now, man. Everything is is mixed and matched and mumbled and jumbled. We also got to talk about some LHSA drama um, going on in Baton Rouge. We got our first district proposals today. Um a lot of South Lafouche fans are wondering the million-dollar question. Will South Lafouche be Division One or Division Two? We don't know that yet. But the first district proposals have our local 4A district being status quo with one exception. All of the same teams that are in our local 4A district now would remain in our local 4A district with E.D. White coming in. Remember, there were some questions of, oh, well, if E.D. White comes in, will Letcher come out? As of now, they're just adding E.D. White to the local 4A district. Our local 5A district will be unchanged. The Bayou Schools, Central Lafouche, uh, Thibodeau, Terrebonne will still be with Hanville, Destrehan, and East St. John. No changes there. Um, then what about our 3A district? I, I know E.D. White's going to go out. but will, will that mostly remain the same, just with the exception of E.D. White? Berwick, Donaldsonville, Patterson, and St. James, so that pretty much stays the same. Uh, so yeah, um, this is just a proposal. This could change. Uh, if people object to this, have, you know, take exception to this, this could potentially change. But the first proposal has a big old, uh, district eight, four, a with ED white coming in, let your staying in. And boy, that's a powerful district, man. My goodness. If it stays that way, it hits, uh, it's brutal. But, uh, yeah, like you just mentioned, principals have, I think next week where they can go, uh, you got a senior proposal in and petition your placement and and have a reason why uh you want to move to another district and 
Uh, we'll, we'll see if they're, if they're going to keep Lutcher uh, in the, the local 4A district or if they're going to put Lutcher with St. Charles. Let's see. Pull it up real quick. With, uh, Shaw, Bell Chase, McMain, St. Charles, the Willow School, which was uh, Lusher. Geographically, that to me makes sense. You know, we saw the map a minute ago. Um, I don't know if competitively it makes sense for Lusher, but I don't know that that's a factor. Um, yeah, look, that's a great point you're bringing up where it, you're going to be playing some of these district schools where. You may not want to play some of them schools, or and for for different reasons, some may not win enough games for you. Quite frankly, yeah, and, and some may be a little too competitive for you. Um, so let me ask you: I know one of the big um, news items. Can we scroll up to five A? One of the big news items: Ed Nakar is no longer going to be in the Catholic League. Can we see and rattle off who now will be in the Catholic League? Given these new proposals. We got was Chappelle, Rummel, Ben Franklin, Brother Martin, Chalmette, Dominican, Holy Cross, Jesuit, John Curtis, Mount Carmel, and St. Aug. Obviously, that becomes such a unique district because a lot of those schools are girls' schools. And, you know, so it's not as big as it sounds there when I was just rattling it off. Um, but, and the car, it looks like, would be moving into a more New Orleans based district with Bonneville, East Jeff, John Arrett, Higgins, Riverdale, Warren Easton, and West Jefferson. And now, Brian Colley, what I want you to do is I want you to come sit right here and see if you could read these schools from the computer monitor like I'm doing. Look, I have a hard time reading them from where I'm sitting. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. So, yeah, it looks like there are some changes. Again, this is just a proposal. Um, it could potentially change. But usually, I, it kind of really doesn't change a whole lot, usually. No one usually has too much of a gripe. So it looks like we're in the situation um, where South Lafouche could be maybe adding E.D. White and keeping Lutcher. But, but if South Lafouche is Division One, which they very well still may be, there are some proposals and some discussions and some different things that are floating out there uh, that could potentially drastically change this. You've got a little more insight into this than into me, so maybe share what, what you know with, with our audience. Yeah, on, on our way back, from uh, Thibodeau on Saturday with uh, Shane Trosclair and a shout out to Coach Trosclair yes. and his guys. What a wonderful event. We had a great time. They, we really they did. put on over there. Uh, but uh, we, we spoke to someone that's kind of uh, in the know with the LHSAA. And uh, there's a proposal out there that's going to try and get uh, schools to play in divisions instead of uh, like the situation we have now where Vanderbilt's in our district, they play for. They're in a different playoff bracket. We're in a different playoff bracket. Uh, the, the private, uh, some other schools, they're in a different. Well, we had three of them. Three in, in our yeah, district. three of them. Yes, sir. So, um, to eliminate that, uh, what they're going to try and do is you play in divisions. And I, 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 I asked them straight up. I said, "Do you think South Lafouche will be in Division One again?" And you heard his response. Yep. He goes, if I was a betting man, yes, I would bet that the Tarpons will be back in Division One. So if that that's the sucks, case, man. if that's the case, if you're going to play districts like by division, and I, I was going back and forth with him this morning again, I said, so you telling me if that proposal passes, South Lafourche is in the local 5A district. 
for the, the, the playoffs. And yes, or or is that going to be our new district? Because if you district by divisions, we would be with the, the local 5A. So that would be our new district. You know what's crazy about that is that, um, well, A, I, I, I don't like that. Um, but B, some coaches at the school do and some others don't. Chandler has come on and said, hey, I would just rather be in the 5A district. Brody, no, I want to be in the 4A. Like, that's where the dissension and everything, like, there's so much uncertainty because you could have two different schools of thought within the same school. Yeah, and what you have to do is what's best for the entire athletic program. It, it's, and I've always said this. You play where your numbers are, and we're 4A. So we should be playing 4A schools. And, and, and Now, if you want to play some 5A schools, go schedule all the 5A schools you want. But playoff-wise, we are a 4A school. We should be playing 4A schools. And this Division One, what they want to do, is putting us as and so if that if it passes then stop calling South Lafourche four A school and I those I guess the classifications now are just for numbers it doesn't mean anything else because we're playing uh, in Division One we are facing Dutchtown on Friday twenty six hundred and thirteen kids. South Lafouche has an enrollment of 995. You could take South Lafouche's enrollment and triple it, and you would narrowly have more kids than Dutchtown does. You're trying to tell me, and I, I'm not saying you. I, I, I know whenever I say you, you're, you're on my side here. But the LHSAA, you're trying to tell me that that's fair when you have a school of 2,613 Facing a school in the playoffs less than a thousand, Dutchtown has more than sixteen hundred more kids. Let's go around the state and bus sixteen hundred more kids to South Lafourche and see how much more competitive they're going to be at football, at basketball, at baseball, softball, track, golf, tennis, everything. It's ridiculous. That is that look. A gap of 200 students is a lot, much less 1,600 students. That is a gulf, and that is the apples-to-apples scenario that the LHSA is trying to say is fair. Give me a break. Yeah, and how can the executive director go out on TV or YouTube, whatever, and do interviews, and he's going to say that their number one job is fairness for the student-athletes? How in the hell is that fair? There is absolutely no possible way that, that is, that's fair. And it's, it's just plain and simple. At the end of the day, it's not right. It, it, it's it's mind-boggling how, how they can think about 900 kids playing 2,600 kids. And, and it's, it's just it's not fair. Again, play where your numbers tell you to play. It's- Unless... Unless you're a school that wants to play up, you choose to play up, that's different. If you're choosing to play up. If not, play where your darn numbers are. It's unbelievable, man. It's crazy. And it doesn't seem like it's even on their agenda to try to make that better. And I don't understand it. I don't get why more schools aren't yelling and screaming. Because, look, yeah, 
South Lafusha 4A school, they should be upset by this. But I, I've been saying this as well. Central Lafouche, a school with 1,200 kids, they're a 5A school. It's just as much of a disadvantage to them. They're in the same bracket with teams that have 1,400 more kids than them. Terrebonne, 1,297. You know, 1,300 more kids. Bourgeois, 1,300 kids. Dutch Tennis, 13 more hundred kids than you. Like, all of our Bayou schools that are the low-end 5A schools, they're all disadvantaged by this yes. every bit as much as the 4A schools that are being asked to play up. It's a disadvantage to all of our local teams. It's not right. It's not fair. And hopefully, throughout the course of these meetings, we're going to get some things right and get some justice. But unfortunately, I don't have any confidence in the association to do right. And I think that their next proposal is every bit as likely to be worse than what the current one is. And that's the reason why we are where we are. And this new proposal, what they have is played by divisions. And if they put South Lafourche in Division One, you're playing like that the whole year. It's brutal. It's brutal. For district and all, you're playing schools. And just because South Lafourche is one of the top 4A schools, they, they, you know, they're moving up to fairness. They think in fairness is the number of teams in divisions <laughs> have to be equal. That's what they think is fair. Which is stupid. Yes. Which is stupid. Fair is the number of students against yeah. students what you're playing. The, the, Not the number of teams you put in there. I say this all of the time, and I, I got to reiterate, okay, Dutchtown has 1,600 more kids than South Lafouche. South Lafouche has, let's see, South Lafouche has 850 more kids than Grand Isle. That's double the gap. Double the gap. Dutchtown is, has a two times larger gap in enrollment to South Lafouche than South Lafouche does to Grand Isle. Would Grand Isle be in South Lafouche's district ever? Would Grand Isle be in South Lafouche's playoff bracket ever? Would Grand Isle be asked to travel to South Lafouche for a district game ever? No, it's ridiculous, right? The schools aren't in the same size, right? Well, then why in the hell is South Lafouche in a bracket with a school with 2,600 teams or school students? Why? It's insane. Fix it. Make a super class. Have a 6A. Put all the big, I'm not going to say big dogs, but put the larger schools with the most enrollment against playing against schools with a large enrollment. It um it but, makes too much because sense. Because after, if you take the top, maybe 24 schools, if you want 30, whatever you want to put in there and, and group them all in a super class, the next class, their numbers are a lot closer together. Yes, 100%. And look, you, you, you hit the nail on the head. South Lafouche does not fear being in a classification with Central Lafouche. They don't fear being in a classification with Thibodeau or HL Bourgeois or Live Oak or East Jeff or any of those teams. But whenever you start getting into the 2000s, and it becomes a little bit different, right? Um, it, Walker and West Monroe and Barb and Bonneville and Santa Monica and Denham Springs, these schools have more than 2,000 kids. It's, it's not apples to apples anymore. It's apples to Kiwis, man. The apples are always going to have more than you. And to act, especially in a sport where you need 50 people to compete, basketball may be a little different, right? You need five or six dudes. A smaller school could potentially maybe compete. But in a sport where you need 50 and 60, it's not apples to apples. It's not. And, I, and the fact that they think that it is – 
is goes along with what I've said throughout the course of the summer, which is that we need a new executive director there within the association, period, point blank. Yeah, because you can't you cannot go out and say it's fair. No. Uh, how how it's and if you do, if you you think it's fair, you're an imbecile. You, you gotta find another job. Yes, absolutely. Because you're not doing what's best for these kids. No doubt. Let's catch a break when we get back out of the break. Uh we've got, I think I said Jesse Turner first. Um we're fired up here. We've got either Jesse or Jamar Sellison. <laughs> Jesse Turner coming up first. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. While inventory is growing, prices are dropping at Golden Motors. Come to Golden Motors and check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado with the all-new technology and improved great fuel economy. Whether you're looking to tow your boat or camper or if it's just you for your daily commute, the confident and towing capability is there for you. Check out the new 2023 Chevy Silverado at Golden Motors, 15101 Highway 3235 and Cutoff, the back road, 325-1000. Chevy, find new roads. Price is priority. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafourche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus the river parishes too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. Set yourself up for success when planning your next event, whether it be a festival, Mardi Gras, rodeo, or outdoor music venue. Joe's Septic Contractors knows that it's important to cover your bases well before the days of your event. Joe's Septic Contractors can supply 1810, three and two stall restrooms, air conditioned trailers anytime, anywhere. Call 24 7. Planning an event? Visit Joe's Septic at viscom.net with locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fouchon, Abbeville, Reserve, Odessa, Texas, and Pascagoula, Mississippi. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. Are you ready to gobble like a turkey for a free $25 gift card from Rouse's Markets? Tune in each weekday to KLEB 1600 AM and 102.7 FM between 6 AM and 11 AM. Listen for the turkey soundbite and be the fifth caller for a chance to gobble like a turkey. Promotions will air November 6th through the 17th. This promotion is brought to you in part by our friends at Rouse's Markets. Prizes will be mailed to winners. Coastal Broadcasting is not responsible for prizes lost in the mail. Wrestling has more than one royal family. Welcome back here to Play by Play. Casey Jiskler here. We go to the phone lines for the first time today, and we have a playoff bound head football coach of the Covenant Christian Lions, Mr. Jesse Turner, to join us on the line. Jesse, good morning, buddy. How are we doing today, man? Doing pretty good, man. Fortunate that we're still here. Uh, you know, we're still playing uh, some football. Uh, so it's going to be an exciting week for a lot of teams in the area and especially for us as well. Absolutely, bro. You guys wrapped up the season uh, with a couple of losses, a couple of tough losses. Sure. Generette's a good team, 26-20, and then Centerville, 36-23. Bro, you guys are so close, man. I know you go back to the Hanson game, Central Catholic game. Your your record could look so much different going in. Different. 
Yeah, and uh, you know that's probably why we, you know, we're not the last seed going in, and we're still in there because our strength factor, uh, you know, our season, our, uh, you know, our, our schedule was kind of brutal for us. But at the end of the day, like you said, man, we was in a lot of those games. Even this past week, you know, we we uh, uh you know, we we're up a touchdown going to score, and then the uh, scoop and score, scoop and score happened. The team went by two, and we're just not good enough right now just to overcome some adversity, and that's something that we're working on. Hopefully. We could turn that around this week uh, to where we can battle through some things. Um, but uh, you know, hopefully we get a little bit more healthy this week. And, uh, you know, I like our chances, if we, especially if we can get healthy. Where is Delta Charter? Is that going to be a long trip for you guys? Or where, where exactly in the state are you guys going? It's uh, in Ferry Days, about a three-and-a-half-hour <laughs> drive. So we, we will uh, be getting on the road early morning. Uh, but that's what the playoffs all about. You never know where you might land, where you might go. So, that's something that we got to get ready for. Uh, just just being on the road a long time, so we we kind of uh, working this morning on putting our itinerary together for for this week and for Friday. So uh, hopefully that's effective, and uh, you know that won't hurt us being on the road that long and uh, being ready to play a football game. Tell us about your uh, your opponent, bro. You guys are facing a team that I'm looking at the schedule. They they score a lot, you know, in the in the 40s yeah. and 50s, and even in the 60s at times. Looks like a very explosive offense. How do you try to slow them down, man? Most definitely, we we gotta stop the run. I, I know the, the points may not seem as if they're just running the ball like that, but I was very impressed uh, with the running back they have. I think he, uh, if he gets going, that's what opens everything up. They got a few receivers as well um, that can get going. But uh, our objective this week will be to stop the run. You see their record. You see how much they scored. They pretty much dominated their district. Um, so. At the end of the day, uh, you know, our motto this week, especially def- uh, defensively, is to stop the run. Um, and if I, I feel like we do that, you know, I like our chances. Offensively, man, we just got to continue just to build. Hopefully we get, uh, you know, some of our receivers back. For the last couple of weeks, we, uh, number one and number two receiver has been out. So ho- hopefully we can get one of those uh, guys back and uh, be able to still run the ball, uh, control the line of scrimmage, control that clock. And, uh, you know, I think we'll be effective in that way. You kind of sort of answered the next question that I had for you, which is the health of your team. The last time we had you on, you said you guys were kind of beat up. Um, is there an outside chance that you guys could get a little healthier for Friday? I, I think it's a strong chance. You know, we, like like I said last week, we were down a lot of guys versus Centerville. Um, but the guys that replaced them, we see some things in them. So that, that, that makes it even better. But this week, uh, we expect to get, you know, a couple of alignment back and, and, and both of our receivers back. And that would help us because, you know, as we talk you know, pretty much every time I come on the show, 1A ball is different. So it's not just a receiver exactly a starting cornerback. It's, a, it's not just an O-lineman exactly a starting D-lineman. So, um, you know, that would help us tremendously uh, just getting healthy. Um, because once you get banged up on in, in, in this uh, in 1A, it, it's tough. It's tough. So you got to rely on uh, some ninth graders and sometimes some eighth graders to play some football. Uh, but I, I feel like we will be a little bit healthier this week, and hopefully that um, turns out good for us. I mean, I know in the present um, it, it it stinks when you're losing games, man, but but going forward, having to play so many young kids and, and kind of building some of that depth because of some of the injuries, is that going to help you guys in the long term, You know, getting some of those guys some experience and some seasoning? Uh, of course. Just the, the, the competitive nature of just you know understanding uh, that you want to win every game that you're a part of, um, it hurts, you know what I'm saying, especially right in that instance uh, when the school board clock zero and, and it don't turns out your way. 
Um, but once you sit down and you watch film and let everything process, you understand that this is a process. This is your first year at a new school, uh, new system. We've got some other new coaches that, uh, you know, that I brought on in. Um, so we do understand that this is a, is a process and you, you cannot skip steps. Um, but just the competitive nature of it, man, it hurts. But um, the fortunate thing that you alluded on just a little bit, uh, just playing those young guys, man, we, we – I, I like we have, we have a bright future. Some eighth graders were able to play. Um, we had a seventh grader playing, uh, which is my son. <laughs> he was playing uh, Friday night, uh, Thursday night when we played Thursday. So just getting those guys some experience and just you know, uh, building on that that part of the future, man, is is uh, is exciting. But unfortunately, like we we not winning winning games like we want. Uh, so just the competitive nature of the guys and the coaches and me. As well, we take it hard, but at the end of the day, like I said, we, we know that there's a bright future in this program. Sounds like a winner, bro. Well, look, man, we thank you so much for the time. Uh, congratulations on making the playoffs, and best of luck on Friday, my man. Thank you. Yep, that is Coach Jesse Turner doing a good job with CCA there taking on Delta Charters. It's going to be a big challenge. Delta Charters 8-1. and one. Um, But CCA has been so close. And if they could, and, and he mentioned it, uh, you know, Single A, you lose one guy, you're losing two starters. Um, and, and you lose three or four guys, then okay, well, that's six or eight starters. They were beat up at the end of the year. They're going to be healthier for Friday. Hopefully they could put their best foot forward and then give a strong showing on the road. Yeah, and look, Coach Turner's doing a good job laying his foundation down this year. Uh, next year is going to possibly get a couple more guys back. So uh, you look for uh, good things to, to happen next year. But they got a, uh, a good chance this Friday. No doubt. Another guy who's laying that foundation in year one is Jamar Celestine of Homer Christian School. We will join him in the next segment. His team is the number 18 seed in Division Three select. They're traveling to take on Holy Savior Menard. We'll ask him about that matchup and more. It's the next segment of Play by Play. We'll be right back after this quick timeout. This is Councilwoman Jessica Domang. I decided to run for office just four years ago because I knew we needed change. I was tired of these same old entrenched politicians not delivering results. My district of East Homa and downtown has been the neglected and forgotten part of town for years with crumbling infrastructure. I have worked hard to clean up my community, and we have delivered unprecedented investments into my district since taking office, including economic development initiatives, millions in road and culvert repairs, and multiple major drainage projects, both completed and in the engineering phase. As your next state representative, I will bring the same work ethic to all of District 53. We are all in this fight together as the underserved communities of our parish. We must all come together so that every resident can be proud to call Terrebonne Parish home. Early voting begins Friday, November 3rd and ends Saturday, November 11th. Please vote Jessica Domang, number 58. Paid for by the Jessica Domang Campaign Fund. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne building materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at dufresnelumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. 
We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference. Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in La Rose, or at Lady of the Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. We are going to continue to make the effort to get the coach Jamar Celestine. Um, got voicemail a second ago. These dudes are crazy busy at school and who knows, might have got pulled into a meeting or all sorts of things happen when you are a uh, varsity football coach and also a varsity girls basketball coach and both sports are in season. Uh, you tend to be a little bit busy, but we'll try to get Jamar Celestine in this segment and we'll chat with him. Uh, his team is taking on Holy Savior Menard in the opening round of the Division Three state playoffs. Holy Savior Menard is uh, got seven wins on the season, and I think we actually might have Jamar Celestine lined up. So we're going to be trying to get him on in just a second. But Holy Savior Menard is 7-3. and three. They lost to St. Frederick, St. Mary's, and Opelousas Catholic. They got victories over Pineville, Sacred Heart, Pickering, Avoyles, Rose Pine, Oakdale, and Glen Oaks. Um They've won some close ones, and we go to the phone lines now, and we have Homer Christian School football coach Jamar Celestine on the line. Coach, good afternoon, buddy. How we doing? Good afternoon. How you doing? Good, bro. Uh, always good when you got an 11th game to prepare for. Your school is number 18 seed in Division Three Select, taking on Holy Savior Menard. Congratulations on making the playoffs, buddy. Appreciate it, man. It's, no, it's nothing like being in, that, in a season where you get to go 0-0 and everybody got a chance. No doubt, man. Look, Looking at the matchup on paper, looks to be very evenly matched. You guys have the same record coming in. It looks like maybe a different uh, type of style, though, right? Holy Savior Menard's winning a lot of games 13-6, to 13-12. Like, they lean on their defense a whole lot, whereas you guys have the big explosive offense scored in the 40s and the 50s. Um, looks like it might be a situation in whichever team can impose their style on the other might have an advantage. Absolutely. Um, they have a lot of size. Um, after just gearing up and watching them on film, they have a lot of size, so they try to lean on um, on the defense heavily. That they they put them linemen in, in position to uh, lean on you on your guys all night. And uh, I've been noticing that they pounding ground away on the whole team until four four straight quarters. So um, our guys got a big challenge in front of us, but we are excited about. It. Where exactly is that school? Where in the state are you guys going to be traveling? We're going to be traveling to Alexandria. Okay, that's not so bad. Um, well, look, man, you guys enter the playoffs red hot, having won four in a row. Uh, I know the South Plaquemine game stung, but since then, it looks like you guys are starting to play some of your best ball of the year. Absolutely, um, and we challenged our guys. Um, after that loss, we challenged them. We had a team meeting and just called out some things, and we made a lot of changes. Uh, we put people in a different, in a few different positions. Um, and, and, of course, you know that's not going to be always favorable once you have some seniors that's used to playing a certain position. But you have to do what's best for the team. And we did that, and a lot of guys sacrificed, and they actually made that move 
and uh, it made us that much more uh, dangerous as a football team. We had Jesse Turner on in the last segment, and of course he's across the road over at CCA, and he said, man, look, one of the big struggles we had this year is, is our health. We had a hard time staying healthy. So you guys are approaching week 11. Are you guys as uh, are you satisfied with the health of your team right now? Absolutely. Except for the uh, flu bug went around last week. We were without um, two of our starting linemen um, due to the flu. Um, so I'm hoping that a, a lot of hydration to get into their body and they'll be able to go on Friday. But as far as health, um, we've been doing really well with rotating 18 players, playing both ways and including special teams. Um, so it's been magical. So God has really been on our side as far as that. Happy to hear that, man. What are some keys to victory? What are some things you guys are going to have to do well to go on the road and get that slight upset victory? We have to make sure we don't make mistakes early. Um, a lot of times you get into a game and you, and you, and you give that, that, that home team that, that vibe because, of course, they're going to have that support in the stands. So we've we got to make sure that we don't turn over the ball and uh, focus on the small things, completing drives in the goal line. Uh, we, we've been having some issues with that, just punching it in um, for, the, for the seven instead of the three. So we want to make sure that we hone in and focus on that this week and uh, hopefully the game will shift our way. Last year, I know you weren't at the school, but Homa Christian did make the playoffs and they you know, visited North Lake Christian in the opening round. So a lot of your guys will know what it's like to get on the bus and go play that winner-take-all game. Do you think having that experience for a lot of your guys is going to be helpful because they'll kind of know what to expect this go-around? It definitely makes a difference. Um, just from my experience, um, I had a lot of years at Terrebonne in the playoffs, um, and a lot of times we ran into the playoffs where guys were young, and that second year, third year, they were able to make that turn around the corner and we were able to see some success. So I'm hoping that them having experience last year and having a sour taste in their mouth um, from not being successful, I'm hoping that will pour over into this year and they will give it everything they got for four straight quarters. My friend, you guys have had one heck of a regular season winning the seven games and having a really strong finish. Uh, to you as a first-year head coach, what's been most rewarding or most satisfying about your first year at Homer Christian? Honestly, it's been the buy-in. You know when you come into a place, you're a new face, you're a new voice, um, you change up things, and everybody's not going to be okay with that. Everybody's not going to be happy about that. Um, but for the most part, I can tell you, um, the kids have bought in. We, we have a relationship. And, I, and, and, you know, I, I have this thing where I tell them, hey, you know Coach love you, but the thing is accountability. I hold them accountable, and um, they don't take it personal because when I came in the door, I, I just introduced myself, and the first thing I told them, Hey, coach is going to coach you hard, but it's never going to be personal. And I think the kids understand that, and they've bought into the system. And it's been so rewarding just to see those kids actually see that success. Because I'm a coach that likes to stay in the background. I don't take credit for what they do. Um, for eight straight months, we've been working them hard. Now, I'll tell you, when I came in, they wasn't excited about summertime. But if you interview any one of them now, they will tell you, man, we were able to play 48 minutes of football without being tired. And that's a testament to their hard work. Coach, man, a lot of late nights and late hours for you just on the football side. But you're also having to try to sneak in some girls' basketball practice. Like, man, you, you're running in every different direction right now, aren't you, brother? Absolutely. And I'm going to tell you, um, my wife, um, she, she, she even made a big joke about it. She said, hey, your, your dinner's going to have to go up as far as the cost because um, <laughs> we're used to balling on a budget, right? Um, but, yes, late nights, but I'm used to it. I've been doing it for years. Um, I had a stint at Homer Junior High where my program was really successful. We won three years back-to-back -back, um, Paris championships. Um, so it's nothing that I'm not used to as far as going from one season to the next, except with high school you have more games. 
Um, so I'm just gearing it up and, and taking it all in. But I'm one day at a time, and I tell you, each anything that I'm 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 I'm, de- I'm dedicated. Anything that I'm involved in, I'm gonna give it my all. And my wife know that. My family they support me. So these girls and the boys are gonna get all of Coach Celestine. And the only thing I ask in, in return is respect and that they buy into the process. Well, that attitude is the reason why you guys are having such a great football season, brother. Thanks so much for the time. Good luck on Friday. Bring it home, man. Appreciate it so much. Thank you for what you do. Yep, that is Coach Celestine with Homo Christian School doing a good job. Man, he's done one whale of a job there. Seven wins. They end the year winning four in a row. Got a big win over Riverdale, and then they've blown out three straight. You look at the matchup on Friday, Holy Savior Menard. It's a team that doesn't score a whole lot of points, so it's an opportunity to maybe stay close, try to find a way to steal it in the fourth quarter. Um, the Warriors, I think, will be in that one. It'll be a very interesting matchup. Yeah, with Holy uh, Savior Menard, they, uh, I think, won like their last five games, and they have only given up in those five games 24 points. Hey. When they lose, they give up 34, 26, and 35 points. So if you can uh, put some points up on the board, you got, you got a shot. But uh, if they keep that game close and – they're coming in, winning five in a row. And in those last five games, again, they have not. Only 12 points was the most scored on them. So uh, hopefully Homer Christian can have a good game plan on offense and uh, put some points up on that board. College basketball is here. We've got a huge women's basketball game going on right now. Number 10, Notre Dame leading number 6, South Carolina, 10-7. to seven. The Lady Tigers will be beating the hell out of Colorado a little later today uh, out in Las Vegas. Uh, so just a reminder, we got LSU starting, Tulane starting, Tulane playing Nichols tonight. Um, so we've got all sorts of uh, college basketball that we'll be covering throughout the course of the week on top of all of this football madness that we have going on in our area. Let's catch a break when we get back. I'll leave you the option, LSU or Saints, which one you want? Let's go Saints. All right, we'll talk about the Saints in the next segment. The Saints win. Talk about some winners. Uh, I don't know if that's what you want to call it. <laughs> Um, they got a 24 to 17 win over Chicago. We'll talk about them in the next segment as play by play. We'll be right back after this. Calvin Braxton Ford is your brand new car dealer in Lockport, Louisiana. They cannot wait for you to stop in and take a look at their big town inventory and small town prices. Schedule your test drive today and let one of their trained sales staff help you every step of the way. Their skilled management team ensures that you'll have a phenomenal experience, whether it be sales, service, parts, or financing. Ford, the number one brand in America. Stop by today at Calvin Braxton Ford, 5878 Highway 1 in Lockport. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafourche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse. 985 868 0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. This is U.S. Senator John Kennedy. I am proud to support John Fleming 
for Louisiana State Treasurer. You know, I'm very honored to have served as your treasurer for 17 years, so I know how important the job is, and that's why I'm supporting John Fleming. John Fleming will protect your hard-earned dollars from politicians in Baton Rouge who want to spend money we don't have on things we don't need. John Fleming, I've known him for a long time. He is full of America and full of Louisiana. He's a proven conservative leader. When it comes to your money, he'll be so tight he squeaks when he walks. And that's what you want in a state treasurer. And I hope you will join me in supporting John Fleming, Louisiana State Treasurer. Join Senator John Kennedy in voting for John Fleming for state treasurer. Early voting is November 3rd through 11th. Election day is November 18th. John Fleming, Republican Treasurer. Paid for by the Fleming Campaign. At the end of the day, the goal is to win, and the New Orleans Saints did win yesterday, and they move into first place in the NFC South. They're five and four, um, and I hate to be the pessimist, right? Oh, you're a hater. Oh, you hate the Saints. Oh, you hate the Pelicans. Oh, you never say nothing nice about the local teams. Oh, man, you're a hater. Oh, talk about the Cowboys. Why don't you talk about the Cowboys losing yesterday? I can hear everything that y'all are trying to say, but just being a realist, you're at home. You're facing a Bears team that's not good in a game that you force not one, not two, not three, not four, but five turnovers. And you're only able to win by seven, 24 to 17, in a game that you just refused to put away. You had so many chances to make this two, three score game, you just refused to put the game away. Yeah, it's awesome you won, and that's far better than the alternative. This Saints team is not very good. (laughs) They're getting by right now because their schedule is set up. And we said that early, before the year even started, their schedule was set up. But this is a team that yesterday was just a little bit better at not losing than Chicago was. And if you eliminate some of the turnovers and some of the things that Bajan or Bajan or whatever the hell his name is was doing, um, you would have lost at home to a Chicago team that's terrible. New Orleans' offense only generated 300 yards of offense. Michael Thomas, zero catches for zero yards. Olave had a quote-unquote good game, which was 46 yards. You're just not explosive, and I just don't know how many more times your defense is going to be able to bail your ass out and get you that many turnovers and that many takeaways um, because that shouldn't have been close. You get five, You win the turnover battle against the Bears, a team you're favored to be by eight and a half at home. You win the turnover battle by five. That needs to be a 40-something to 17 win. Instead, it was a squeak out 24 to 17 win. Um, in in uh, Game of Thrones, the old expression is winner's coming. Uh, winner's coming. You're going to start playing some better teams here, and if you don't clean up your act, you're going to get blitzed and blown out of the stadium. Yeah, look, it's okay. Saints fans, and and look, I'm a big Saints fan, big. Uh, glad they won, but if you look at the, you know, the whole picture, whatever, how they played, uh, why, why, what is wrong with them? Why, why? You're right. You plus five, 
and you only win by seven, I think in the fourth quarter, and maybe not the last drive, but every drive before that was in bare territory where you started. And can't score. And, okay, you get a fourth and one where at the end of the game with uh, three, four minutes left, maybe five minutes, you kick the field goal with a two-possession game. You go for it. Okay, I'll live with the decision. You want to go for it and – you're playing a win, putting the game away. You're going to go for it. You have Taysom here with quarterback, and but you sneak it with Derek Carr? <laughs> you know, I, I just – we still throw in the ball two yards down the field and hoping our receivers or running backs make someone miss to pick up positive yards. That That's still happening. Uh, Derek Carr plays like a spoiled brat. And what it is, is like when someone else makes a mistake, he wants to call them out and act like a fool and yell and point and all this. But when he makes a mistake, he looks to the sidelines like, hurry, okay, give me the next play. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Give me the next play. He don't want anything on him. Just like a a spoiled brat. I mean, that's kind of getting old. How bad is this bear football team. <laughs> right? Well, you know how bad when you have to try and run a trick play against the saints, line up and go at them. When they would just, the quarterback would drop back. They run their routes. No one covers them. And another alarming thing is that how wide open the receivers for the Bears were, and the running backs out the backfield. Casey, within 8 to 10 yards, there's nobody around them. Look, that was my biggest takeaway is that I kind of expect this offense to be stale. That's all we've ever seen. Um, The defense is starting to not be as effective. And and look, I hear the pro Saints guy yelling at the radio, oh, we forced five turnovers, you know, get over Um. You allowed 156 yards rushing yesterday. When the quarterback wasn't throwing the ball to you, he was hitting receivers down the field that were open. You allowed almost 400 yards of total offense to Bears offense. That is terrible. Um, I think the defense is starting to fall behind a little bit, and I don't know if that's going to get better. And you know, Look, you're playing Minnesota this coming week. Minnesota's got a backup quarterback, so again, it's a great opportunity. But you're not beating – um, a Philly or a Dallas or a San Francisco or a Detroit playing this way. You're not even going to be close to any of those teams playing this way. But you're in a good spot. The NFC South is bad and you're in first place. But just being realistic, if this team doesn't make a drastic leap, they're going to get in maybe winning the division, but then they're going to get blasted in the first round. Well, And you say that the defense is maybe taking a step back. I still think the defense is good enough to to win the NFC South. Sure. If you get more production from your offense. Because there's just absolutely no and be happy with the win, but there's no excuse for they have too many weapons on offense for them to just five turnovers and, and only win by seven. And and it's not like it's a a a forty something point game. No, you you scoring twenties. Look, and, and 
I'll never compare Drew Brees to Derek Carr because it's not a comparison. But if you would have lost the turnover battle five nothing in the heyday, you were losing fifty yeah. to seventeen. Um, so I don't think it's too much to ask when you get five extra possessions to score in the thirties. You had twenty four. The Bears had come into this game uh, fresh off of giving up thirty to the Chargers. They'd given up the the, the Bears gave up thirty one to Denver. Russell Wilson scored 31 on this team. Green Bay, Jordan Love scored 38 on this team. With five turnovers, you couldn't score more than 24 at home. Got 300 yards of offense. 301 yards of offense in 62 plays. It's not good enough, man. It's not good enough. You got fortunate that you got those turnovers. You got fortunate that you finally had a game where your penalty situation was a little better. You only had one penalty for five yards. That's a positive. Um... And, and yes, that is, that is progress for sure. Um, but seeing Dennis Allen in the locker room, oh, let's keep this winning going. Let's keep this moment. What momentum, dude? You're just playing less bad than your crappy opponents with your easy schedule. That's all you're doing right now. Yes, and let's not forget the kicker. You got a problem. Yes, you do. You got a problem. He he's look ultra fifty. I don't. He made a fifty-five yarder. He missed a. 50 or 40, whatever it was. And years back, oh, a 50-yard field goal, it seems like that would be 50-50 or whatever. No, not anymore. Nowadays, no. You, you got to make those. And and you got kickers that are kicking 55, 60-yarders consistently now, and the, the Saints kick a groupie, uh, I, I think it's a problem. And, and don't give me – Oh, he's young. He's bull, bull. He's a professional. He's getting paid a lot of money to do what he's doing. That's all they're asking him to do is kick the ball between between the goalposts, and he can't do it. Well, everything's becoming an adventure. He's having extra points that are barely squirting yes. by. Like everything's becoming an adventure. Um, they take on Minnesota on the road. That's going to be tough. Minnesota's riding high. They got a very emotional win against Atlanta. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Last night. In the Sunday night game, we had the big matchup between the Bengals and the Bills. Um, who the Bengals are tough right now, yes. man. Uh, Burrow has gotten healthy from the early season calf injury. They started off one and three. In the last three games, they have beaten a very good Seattle team. They've beaten a very good San Francisco team. They beat a very good Buffalo team last night. Um, Burrow, a little later in W's and L's, you bet your ass he's going to get a W. He was 31 of 44 last night, 348, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, everybody had just kind of assumed that the Chiefs would maybe be the team to beat in the AFC. Um, don't forget about Cincinnati, bro. That is a team that is playing at an exceptionally high level right now. That calf is not aching anymore, and uh, Big Boy's hungry. Big Boy has won four in a row, and he is slaying some dragons, man. Yep, started off a little slow, but uh, they regrouped, rebounded, and they, they're playing well. And did you see how Tampa Bay lost? I sure did. Love it. <laughs> I sure did. And look, look, let's talk about this now. Um, there's a storm brewing in Houston. Um, and we're not going to see it this year, probably. They're 4-4. Four and four. They're not in first in their division. There's going to be a struggle for them to get into the playoffs. But yesterday, against a good Tampa Bay defense, rookie, C.J. Stroud, 30 of 42, 470 yards passing, five touchdowns, and no interceptions. They had three receivers get over 100 yards. Noah Brown, Dalton Schultz, and Tank Dell. 
two of those make me gag because Noah Brown and Dalton Schultz are former Cowboys. But C.J. Stroud for this season, statistically, is one of the best quarterbacks in the entire NFL. 2,270 yards passing, 14 touchdowns, one interception as a damn rookie. Um, And on the other channel, as they say, you got the guy who was picked first overall, Bryce Young, who scored 13 points and lost yesterday through three interceptions. Boy, did the Panthers make a mistake yes. or did they make a mistake? C.J. Stroud is head and shoulders better than Bryce Young, and the Texans are set up very, very nicely now for the future. And Stroud took his team down the field, I think it was 40 seconds, and scored a touchdown. Then yeah. taking off a, a touchdown and uh, looked good in doing it that last drive. Poised and just... The, the moment wasn't too big for him, and you're right. Uh, they hit a home run. My team lost yesterday, but it was as as positive and as optimistic as I have been after a hard-fought loss in a long time. The Eagles beat the Cowboys 28-23. Um, the Cowboys usually just kind of get worked over in some of these big games. That didn't really happen yesterday. Just kind of some bad breaks here and there. You know, Prescott stretches out for the two-point conversion. He steps out of bounds by an inch. Um, that would have changed the game. If you convert that, you're kicking field goals late, you're forcing overtime. The Eagles fumble late and just kind of luckily fall on it. I'll tell you this. Prescott yesterday shut me up. I usually say, hey, man, you know, this guy sucks in the big games. 28 of 44, 374, three touchdowns, no interceptions. If you get that the rest of the year in your big premier matchups, you have a chance in all of these games. You lost yesterday, 28-23, but then you, you didn't get your butt kicked. You were right there. If you get that the rest of the way, you've got a shot, bro. You've got a real shot in a wide-open NFC. And and the thing about that game, the Cowboys kept fighting. They, yep. they kept coming back. They kept and uh, played some pretty good defense in that fourth quarter. I mean, the Eagles had the ball. They could have just run the clock out or whatever and or just – long possessions didn't happen. Cowboys get, kept getting the ball back. They didn't quit. They kept fighting. And uh, it, for the Cowboys, they, they got to find a way in. If they can't yep. win a division, just get that wild card. And if they can fight the way they did last night, they have a shot. You're an Alabama guy, so you probably like Jalen Hurts. I think he's a phony. Every incompletion, oh, my leg. Ah, Every time they got a punt going in the tent and – but let there be a, a running lane for him and see how fast he's going to stop limping and run for a first down. Give me a break. You're not hurt, dude. Come on. Yeah, and I don't watch Carolina enough, but um, uh, he may not be. Uh, Philly, you meant. You said Carolina. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he may not be. Um, I, I think he's hurt right now. Oh, my leg. I, I really do. I, I think I got to go into the tent. But let there be a touchdown. He's going to be break dancing yeah, in the end zone. But, uh, Come on, man. I think he's uh, I think he's a little hurt. I really do. They do get the win. They're eight and one. The Cowboys are now five and three. Uh, this coming week in the NFL, let's see. The Saints have Minnesota, as we said a second ago. Atlanta should win. I say should. They find ways to lose, including again yesterday. They're taking on Arizona. Uh, let's see. We got Tampa taking on Tennessee. So that's maybe a winnable game for Tampa as well. So we'll see. We'll be keeping our eyes on it. The Bears and the Panthers. The Panthers are so far out of it. We don't care. That's a Thursday game, the Bears and the Panthers. I ain't going to be watching it, and I don't know that the rest of the country will be watching it either. Let's catch a break. When we get back, 
We'll talk about LSU. The Tigers lost to Alabama. Um, I'll give my thoughts on that when it's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. During this holiday season, our thoughts turn gracefully to those who have made our progress possible. And in this spirit, we say sincerely thank you and best wishes for the holiday season and a happy new year from everyone at Ashley Barrios State Farm Insurance. While inventory is growing, prices are dropping at Golden Motors. Come to Golden Motors and check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado with all new technology and improved great fuel economy. Whether you're looking to tow your boat or camper, or if it's just you for your daily commute, the comfort and towing capability is there for you. Check out the new 2023 Chevy Silverado at Golden Motors, 15101 Highway 3235 and Cutoff, The Back Road, 325-1000. Chevy, find new roads. Price is priority. Maritime Safety Solutions, LLC, specializes in portable fire extinguisher sales, inspection, and service. They provide tests of CO2 fire suppression, NOVEC systems, fire detection systems, water mist systems, and safety relief valves on marine vessels. Conveniently located minutes away from Port Fouchon. Our service technicians have a dependable reputation by outstanding service to the marine industry. Stop by Maritime Safety Solutions, LLC, 14626 West Main Street, Cutoff, or call 985-632-7233. Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, Galliano. Welcome back to Play by Play. Um, boy, for as miserable of a sports weekend as it was for me, with South Lafouche getting canceled, LSU losing, the Cowboys losing, the Saints winning. Like, you would think I would be in a terrible mood. I'm actually in a great mood today. You know why I'm in a great mood today? There are two reasons why I'm in a great mood today. Oh, Oh, man. Reason number one. Uh, oh, watch. Maybe because of this. Oh. Let me see if I can. Uh, I bite off more than what I. Yeah, you shouldn't have. Bite off more than I could chew here. What, what we me, got? gave me an opening. Let's see if. So for those of you who are not listening on Saturday, we were at Thibodeau High School's Cornhole Tournament, and Truck made the suggestion that for a fundraiser, they should auction a date with me. Well, actually, that was. Your suggestion? Yeah. Okay. Well, great. The guy that I just bought a Diet Coke for is my biggest enemy. Uh, so that's what that's all about. But no, there are two reasons why today is a great day for me. A. We get to watch the LSU women's basketball team beat the holy hell out of somebody later tonight, which I'm excited about. And it's the number, the number 20 team in the country, too, Colorado. The second reason why I'm in such a great mood today, it's Clipper Day, baby. Harden's making, oh, boss should have got that Harden one. is making his debut tonight as my Clippers are taking on the Knicks at 630. He will be in the starting lineup. 
He will be ready to go. These guys are they're plotting while we're on the air. They're plotting against me. What what was the well, message? I, I didn't I didn't know this, but a good mood because the number of people who called that yeah. wanted dates with you. I mean, look, dude, I'm a pretty attractive young man. It was twelve. Twelve hundred. Twelve hundred. Yeah, that's that's what I'm talking about. Good to hear that people have some common sense around here. Of course, trust Clay, I made some money. <laughs> um, these people are listening, saying, "Why the hell are you not talking about LSU and Alabama?" Yeah. Let, let's get to LSU and Alabama. Um, Alabama beats LSU forty-two to twenty-eight. Um, it's frustrating because your offense was good enough to win. Jaden Daniels, fifteen of twenty-four, two nineteen, two touchdowns, one interception. He was unbelievable with his legs. Eleven carries, one sixty-three, and a touchdown. Malik Neighbors, 10 catches, 171 yards, and a touchdown. Um, but you couldn't stop Alabama from scoring. They rushed for 288 yards and six touchdowns. Milrow was 15 of 23, 219. So here's the thing. I picked Alabama to win. But I thought Alabama was going to win throwing long vertical passes down the field and picking on the LSU secondary. That's not how the game played out. Alabama instead said, you know what, we're going to beat you up front. We're going to run the football effectively. We're going to drop Milrow back. You're going to be in man-to-man coverage. Your defensive backs are not going to be good enough to recognize when Milrow's running. He's going to get big ga- um, big gaping holes, run through those lanes. He's got had 20 carries, 155 yards, four touchdowns. If Alabama would have beat LSU, taking advantage of a bunch of true freshmen in the secondary, it would have been a little bit more excusable to me. But it's way more frustrating whenever you sucked defensively at all three levels. You got beat at the line of scrimmage. Your linebackers can't close the gaps and make tackles. And your secondary is not any good. You don't do anything well defensively. And to hear after the game, um, oh, well, we were good, but we weren't great. And, no, we got to be great to win games like this and blah, blah, blah. The excuses are getting a little bit old. Um in the offseason, something's going to have to be different. You're going to have to either make a change at coordinator or you're going to have to make drastic changes in personnel. Something's going to have to be different. Um, LSU got sold a lemon, right? Because Mr. NIL from just down the road is not a very good football player. He is being driven backwards annually, or annually, weekly, every time the Tigers take the field. Omar Spates, your all-Pac-12 linebacker, Looks a step slow. He can't make plays. Harold Perkins, when he's rushing, the passer looks good. When he does anything else, he looks lost. And almost all of your leading tacklers Saturday were secondary members. Major Burns, Andre Sam, Javion Tavano, Sage Ryan. When your cornerbacks and your safeties are leading you in tackles, it's not a good thing. And what LSU has successfully done this year is they have wasted an outstanding offense. They have wasted a Heisman Trophy-like performance from Jaden Daniels. They have wasted an unbelievable season from Malik Neighbors, and they're now out of contention for the conference. They're out of contention for the college football playoff. And I would like to see them finish the year strong, but I wouldn't be surprised if they don't. I don't know what the mood's going to be like. you got three more games, all of them at home, and I'm very interested to see how this team ends the year. Because, look, if you do win the last three, you beat Florida, you beat Georgia State, you beat A&M, you win your bowl, you're 10-3, and three, and that is still a very successful season. But you're losing games scoring 30 and 40 points. Your defense has to be better. You had a good group last year. You brought a lot of guys back from that group this year. Why the regression? Why? I don't understand it. Why are you still this bad defensively? Well, look, uh, 
you have to give credit to Alabama's coaching staff. I think they came in with a great plan where everyone in the country says, well, Alabama can take, you know, go over the top with the long ball, and that's how they're going to beat LSU, this and that. Well, uh, they had Milro dropping back, and they took a lot of decision-making out from him where, look, you drop back and run. Tuck it and go and run. And how many third and seven, third and eights they converted and Milrow just – Not even throwing. Yeah, just – and it was like we're not going to worry about throwing the ball down the field. We're going to run the ball. And when you do that, you're you, you giving LSU less possessions because you you possessing the ball more. And, look, they knew we can't give LSU the ball back quick and – Daniels, they can move the ball down. Alabama's defense up front was pretty darn good and uh, contained Daniels as best they could. But, I mean, the key is Milrow just running the football, and that opened it up for some of his backs to run the ball a little bit more. And these shorter passing routes where it's quick decisions where he's not back there thinking for too long and making those bad plays that he was doing early in the year. If – they get that the rest of the way. And, look, I don't know how sustainable it is, right, because, you know, they asked him to run 20-plus times or whatever it was. I don't know how sustainable that is. But if they get that the rest of the year, they can win the national championship. They could beat everybody that's left in front of them if they get that type of a performance the rest of the year. Um, and so We'll see. It'll be very interesting to see if Alabama has made a big leap or if LSU made them look better than what they are. And we'll find out Saturday when they take on Kentucky, because that's going to be a tough game for the tide on the road. And, and with Brian Kelly at LSU, you don't think like his – I guess his message is it may be getting a little old where he, he uh, almost like mind games with the players is how you prepare for the game, this and that. And a lot of stuff you see on TV, him talking to the team, and it's, it seems like he's feeding them a line of bull. And uh, X's and O's uh, instead – I don't know. I, I just and, – and he's on the sideline, and sometimes he just looks like he's he's out there. I, I you know, I don't know, man. Um, I think we'll learn a lot the next three games. Uh, if you finish the year strong, you know, obviously I think people are going to still be bought in. And Because, look, man, at the end of the day, um, you've lost to an undefeated Florida State team. You've lost an Ole Miss team in the top ten. You lost an Alabama team that's in the top ten. So at the end of the day, you have gotten beat by three really good opponents, but I, I, I do think you have to finish strong. You're, you're a 14-point favorite against Florida. You're going to be heavily favored against Georgia State. You're going to be probably about a 7- to 10-point favorite against Texas A&M with their coach coaching for his career, potentially. Um, if you win those three, I would say that the year wouldn't be a failure, wouldn't necessarily be a huge success either, but wouldn't be a failure, but you got to have it. If you If you – Lose to Florida, beat Georgia State, lose to Texas A&M, and you're seven and five. You could start saying, "Well, I don't know that he's got a firm grip on this locker room." But if you finish it off strong, I think he can maybe throw some water on that fire a little bit. But the big question is this, and this is one of the big takeaways I had: if Jaden Daniels doesn't clear concussion protocol, this offense will not be anywhere near the same. Because look, I'll make a bold prediction right now: Garrett Nussmeyer is not going to be your starting quarterback in Baton Rouge next year. He comes into these games. Looks flustered, looks rattled, looks scared to death. He's reckless with the football. 
I wouldn't be surprised if LSU went into the portal again this offseason and tried to find a surefire starter. I get it. He's loyal. I get it. He stuck it out. He could have transferred, blah, 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 blah. You got to put the guy out there that actually gives you a chance. The drop-off in productivity from when Daniels got hurt to whenever Nussmeyer came into the game, it was like falling off of a cliff. And I don't know that he's going to be a starter in Baton Rouge at the end of this year. And I just, you know, hearing Brian Kelly after the game that points to the locker room, these kids played their tails off and all that. And Yeah, I mean, of course they're going to. But then right after that, it he's like almost throws his, the guys under the bus where – we were good. We were not yeah. great. Yeah, you got to play better. Coach, great. Yeah. Uh, be interesting month. I'm with you, man. I, it's be a very interesting month. They're taking on Florida on uh, Saturday on the SEC Network at 6:30. You're heavily favored. You're facing another coach that's trying to win over his locker room after losing an embarrassing game at home against Arkansas. Um, you got to have that one. You you, you got to have that one because boy, they're going to really start chirping if you don't have it. And for Florida, Napier is five and four. Napier needs to win one more to get in a bowl. Napier ends at LSU, at Missouri, Florida State. (laughs) They need one more to get to a bowl. That ain't going to be easy, brother. And if you lose all three of them, Coach, you would end your season losing five in a row. Your ass is gone. Bye-bye. So these are... That's what scares me a little bit. It's going to be a very desperate Florida team because they're coaching or playing to try to save their coach. No doubt about it. Oh, man. The only way he's going bowling, if they have a bowling alley in the area, <laughs> that's brutal. Last three games. Yes, it is a very brutal ending to the schedule for Florida. Let's catch a break when we get back. i got some W's and L's. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. At Thibodeau Regional Wellness Center, we're improving the health and well-being of the region one person at a time. And this means more game time, more first times, more crunch time, more face time, and more party time. Isn't it time you started living your best life? Change starts here at Thibodeau Regional Wellness Center. All your auto repairs for your first car should be Detroit's Paint and Body Shop, located at Highway 3235 in the Rose. They're established since 1997. Detroit's Paint and Body Shop is family-owned and operated. They sell parts and repair all makes and models of vehicles. Detroit's Paint and Body Shop honors all insurance estimates. Go by and see their trusted team of technicians for all your auto needs. Trust me, Detroit's Paint and Body Shop, 985-693-4133. That's 985-693-4133. Welcome to New Wake Outfitters, located in Metairie, just east of Causeway Boulevard. Your one-stop fly shop and paddle sports dealer. Join us on November 11th for kayak demos and a new pool, casting demonstrations, raffle prizes, and a food truck. We have a new selection of functional and comfortable apparel from your favorite brands for the cooler weather. Our dedicated staff is here to provide you with the knowledge to make an informed purchase. Check out our exclusive brands, such as Rugged Road, Turtle Box, Overson Old Town, plus New Canoe 2022 kayaks are all 20% off. No Wake Outfitters, 1926 Airline Drive in Metairie. The hell is this? Not wrestling. This isn't one of my bumper songs. No, I'm just kidding. Your bumper uh, went bowling. <laughs> it's play by play. We wrap up today's show with some W's and some L's. Um, 
Our first W goes to to Milrow, Alabama. I mean, how could it not? Um, he has been much maligned all throughout the course of the year. Um, played excellent. 15 of 23, 219 through the air, 20 carries, 155 yards, four touchdowns. He, I'm not going to say he was the best player on the field because I think Jaden Daniels was doing some crazy stuff. Um, but he was the best player offensively for Alabama on Saturday, and he was good enough to get a 42-28 to win over the Tigers. And if you get that the rest of the year, as I said in the last segment, you could legitimately win the national championship. So that's um, They'd have to get in the top four. I don't. If they beat Georgia, they're going to be there. Well, yeah, if that's true. They're going to be there. Um, let's see. We give an L to the NFC South besides for the Saints, man. You got Atlanta losing in the last seconds to Josh Dobbs, who wasn't even with the team until like Tuesday or Wednesday. Tampa getting their hearts ripped out. Carolina losing everybody but New Orleans failed. <laughs> um, helps out the Saints a whole lot, but it was a very rough day for the NFC South. Um just teams giving games away that they have won. Um, a W goes to Antonio Pierce of the Las Vegas Raiders. And in addition to that, Amik Robertson of the Las Vegas Raiders. Antonio Pierce takes over the team for Josh McDaniel. Did you see the story of that? No. So the Raiders knew last week that they were having like some locker room turmoil, like the locker room was divided. Josh McDaniels invites Antonio Pierce, who's an assistant coach, to speak to the team. This is the craziest NFL story you'll ever hear. Antonio Pierce is a younger guy, a former player, and he's got the locker room. We saw that yesterday. He's got the locker room. I think the Raiders are going to finish the year pretty strong. But he gives a speech, and he says something along the lines of, hey, I want you guys to play with the reckless abandon that my old Giants teams played with especially in the year that we beat the 18-0 Patriots in the Super Bowl, or 19-0, whatever they were, 18-0, I think, in the Super Bowl. Josh McDaniels, who was an assistant coach with that team, cut off the speech in the middle of that and said, you're not going to berate my former Patriots like that in front of these guys, like legitimately pissed off. The Raiders owner heard it, fired Josh McDaniel on the spot, made Antonio Pierce the head coach. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Crazy, but they win yesterday 30-6. to six. An excellent job for him. Weekend L goes to um, Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Dun, 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 dun. Madden curse alert. Madden curse alert. They're now 5-4. and four. No. They lose to the Bengals yesterday. Allen continues to turn over the ball. Had a turnover yesterday. The Bengals get a big victory, and along the same foot, I got to give a W to Joe Burrow, who was outstanding. 31-44, 348. Two touchdowns, no interceptions, making plays with his legs again. I would not want to um, want to play Cincinnati right now. They are absolutely loaded to the gills. And L goes to the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins are getting a reputation. They are the team that beats the bad teams, fifty to nothing. They are the team that loses to the good teams. Uh, they are six and three when they face quality uh, competition. They're not the same. They had some turnovers yesterday and some problems yesterday. They fall to Kansas City in a game that was in Spain or Germany or somewhere that the game shouldn't be played, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, the Chiefs get a big win over the Dolphins yesterday. Um, going to give a weekend W to Josh Dobbs. As we said a second ago, the Minnesota Vikings, their quarterback, Josh Dobbs, was not even with the team until the middle of the week. He got traded from Arizona. He was not supposed to start. Backup quarterback Jaron Hall goes out with an injury. Dobbs comes in, 20 of 32 touchdowns, leads them down the field, making plays with his arm and with his legs. A great showing yesterday. 
from Josh Dobbs beating Atlanta. The Vikings are quietly 5-4. and four. If they could get Justin Jefferson back healthy, can maybe even improve themselves from there. A wonderful showing. A weekend L goes to Notre Dame. Notre Dame loses 31-23 to Clemson. The Fighting Irish get a loss. Um, while we're at it, I may or may not have given this guy an L already. Jimbo Fisher losing 38-35. to How much longer are we going to let this go on? They're 5-4. and four. Uh, They are not a factor in the SEC again. They, they should end the year strong. Mississippi State should be a win. Abilene Christian will be a win. And then you wrap up with LSU. So it's looking at 8-4, and 7-5 and five for Jimbo. Is that going to be enough to save his job, you think? 8-4? Uh, and four? I think so. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be, but they put up with a lot already. So I would eight and four. Weekend W goes to Washington. Washington goes on the road and beats USC fifty-two to forty-two. Michael Penix Jr. has a big day. Did you see Caleb Williams after the game going in the stands? He's hugging his mom, crying. His mom wraps him up in like a blanket. <laughs> Unbelievable! Like USC season is going to hell in a handbasket. They're now seven and three. Yeah, they fired their coordinator. They fired their coordinator. They're going to lose to Oregon this coming Saturday. Um, actually, uh, yeah, this coming Saturday. It's been a rough, rough go for Lincoln Riley and his USC team. Um, give a W to the Nichols Colonels. I was blessed and fortunate enough to cover and call their game against Incarnate Word on Saturday. It was so unique and interesting to watch in 2023 when everybody's instinct is to spread out the field. Let's have a million receivers. Let's throw the ball 500 times a game. Nichols played most of the second half out of a wildcat, snapping the ball to their running back and going straight ahead. Jalen Spears had 23 carries for 160 yards. Colin Guggenheim had 23 carries for 153 yards. You got two backs over 150. Guggenheim had four touchdowns. Um, you got a scoop and score touchdown from Devontae Matthews on defense. You had a 50-yard interception from Devontae Matthews on defense. Guggenheim wins Southland Conference Player of the Week on offense. Matthews wins Southland Conference Player of the Week on defense. Nichols wins FCS Team of the Week. Nichols now Saturday, Brian, if they beat Lamar at home, which they're going to be favored to do, could win the outright conference championship and guarantee themselves a playoff bid. Isn't that, that something? That would be huge. Huge for uh, from how how they started off the, the, the season playing some big name schools, but uh, how was your trip out there? Did it pretty quick? Yeah, my trip to San Antonio was good. Uh, we saw some people, saw some friends, got some good food. Everything, jet ride, everything was all right. <laughs> Weekend Weekend W goes to um, <laughs> Mike Gundy and Oklahoma State. Mike Gundy wins the final matchup of Bedlam against Oklahoma, twenty seven twenty four. Those two schools will not be facing one another. Why? Because Oklahoma's coming to the SEC next year, which will break up that conference rivalry matchup. That sucks. But at the end of the day, Oklahoma State wins the final edition of that. A weekend L goes to Coach Prime. Brian, did you watch Oregon State and Colorado Saturday? No, I did not. Okay, well, let me ask you this. Uh, you coached for a long time. If it's 7-3 to three with about a minute left in the opening half and you have the ball at your own four-yard line, your offensive line sucks, and your offense has only scored three points. The other team has two timeouts, so you could, in theory, run the ball and punt it to them with like 10 seconds left. Go to halftime 7-3. Would you do that, or would you, B, try to throw the ball and try to score, go 90-plus yards? No, no way. That's too far to go. 
Well, Colorado mm-hmm. went incomplete, incomplete, incomplete punt, give up a touchdown before half, and lose uh, or, or losing fourteen to three. They lose twenty six to nineteen at halftime. Coach Prime admitted to the ESPN reporter who asked and said, "Hey, I, I messed that up. That's a huge mistake on my part. We screwed that up." Honeymoon's over, baby. You're one and five in conference. You're four and five overall. You fired your offensive coordinator, and between your last game, it wasn't any better this week. Um, you had minus seven yards rushing against Oregon State. Um, he said a couple weeks ago, hey, we need new linemen. I'm going to paint that picture perfectly. The ones that you got now look like they're on strike out there, and with good reason. Well, yes. Um, you lose another one out in Colorado. Tough, tough, tough. I hate when that happens. Yeah, that's, that's, that's terrible, right? Weekend L goes to the Pelicans. Brian. Oh, I, I do you lose to the Hawks on Saturday, which, hey, look, the Hawks are pretty good. Ain't nothing wrong with that, right? That, that's that's not why you get an L. C.J. McCollum has like a collapsed lung. He has like randomly has pneumonia and a collapsed lung. So now we are six games into the season. We have already had an injury to Brandon Ingram. We have already had a rest date for Zion Williamson. And now C.J. McCollum is out a month with a collapsed lung. And don't forget about the one hurt before. Trey Murphy is already out. Alvarado is already out. Oh, bro, we're going to do nothing because we're going to bank on our team to be healthy this year. Yeah. Okay. Oh, there's something in the gumbo in New Orleans. Something in the gumbo. Or some of these dudes are just soft. Um, yeah, it's, it's not good. And Weekend L goes to the NBA in general. Okay, because have you seen the courts for the NBA in-season tournament games? I have not. I heard you talking about oh. it. I think it was you or somebody was talking about it somewhere. All right, I'll I'll find it. I'll find you the picture. And that, they, did they, they start their tournament? These are, Oh, yeah, it did start this weekend. These are some of the courts that are featured for serious, right? It's an eyesore. It, it, it looks like uh, a video game. The three on three. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. That's how we know though. Like if ever you're, and I guess that part of it does make sense. If ever you're watching a game and you see the hideous ass backwards court, you know it's a in season tournament game. So I guess in that respect, it kind of is useful, um, but brutal. It's an eye like I can't even look at my iPad right now. The court's so bright and so nasty. It, it's an eyesore. A lot of money they wasted. Oh, I've been waiting to do this now for 90 minutes. The last weekend L goes to crazy parents. I have been wanting to rant about this and Uh-oh. thinking of how I was going to say this. Covered some Bantam football this weekend. I have often wondered, you know, hey, Biddy's still doing pretty well. Travel baseball's doing exceedingly well. Soccer's doing exceedingly well. Why are the numbers, flag football doing exceeding well, why are the numbers dropping a little bit for our local Bantam leagues? I found out this weekend. Filmed the game. The comments and the people attacking one another during the live broadcasts were unbelievable. Seeing the commentary from some of the parents after the game regarding, oh, this team broke the rules, that team cheated, this is embarrassing, this is despicable. The league president having to post something on social media warning people like, hey, like, I'm exhausted. We're doing the best we can. Chill out. It is absolutely embarrassing how some of you people react to recreational activities involving your children 
You should be ashamed of yourselves, how you're acting. It's not everybody, right? 90% of people do it the right way. The problem is, is that the 10% of the people who don't make 95% of the noise, and they're the only ones that you hear, and it takes from that 90% of people who do things the right way, and they get turned off, and they take their kids, and they go somewhere else because of the stupidity of the 10%. We were dealing with Bantam football issues all week. Oh, bro, this team cheated. Oh, bro, that, they're 10. I was going to ask, what's the age? They're 10, 10. years old. Relax. Ooh. Like, we don't make a, a, a stink about the NFL as much as y'all make a stink about 7 and 8 and 9 and 10. Bantam, relax. Take a Xanax. Go to the doctor. Get diagnosed. You have a mental condition. You're not okay. That's crazy. It's so much better. Oh, it, it was unbelievable. The president of the league had to post, like, I'm about to resign because this is ridiculous. Like, you guys are insane. A bunch of psychos, Brian. Psychos. Calm down. It's a 10-year-old youth football game. Relax. I've always said that. Have two cameras. Film the game and have one. Film the parents. Don't even tell the parents. Just film the parents. Then I have to play both of them and say, okay, what's the problem here? Oh, my God. It was so annoying. And look, trying to... What we got here? Oh, no. We're not closing the show with that. (laughs) That's my cue to wrap up. Um, We thank you so much for ending. uh, ending We thank you so much for listening. (laughs) You shook up. I got me all rattled. I I can't believe he's doing this to me. Tomorrow, we've got a fun show planned. We'll be breaking down some of these playoff matchups. You've been listening to Play by Play. Have a wonderful rest of the day. God bless. I love some of y'all, not all of y'all. Have a great rest of the day. (laughs)